Rusty Santoro knew they were going to get him if it took forever. They had asked, You coming back? And he had stalled, trying to find a way out. But now there was no way out. They had jumped him the night before, and the pain was still big in him. Rusty choked as the chisel bit into the leg of wood, sprayed sawdust across his face and T-shirt. He puffed air between his thin lips, continued working, and continued to ignore the boy who stood behind him. The boy who had come to kill him, surely. Candle. Their prez, their assassin. The woodshop had quieted down. No one else moved, and their tools were silent. He had wakened in the alley this morning and hurried right to school. He couldn't cut out or the boom would lower on him. After all, he was in Pancoast's custody, and any infraction of the rules would stone him good. He ignored Candle behind him. The alley had been cold, and his back had been stiff, and he had ached terribly. But as the hours had passed, the pain had simmered down to merely a constant throbbing. Three teeth were broken, but they were in the back, and when he had washed his face only a group of blue and ugly welts were left on his face. Broken flesh and shattered capillaries studded his right cheekbone, but it would pass. His lips were raw. His back was in worse shape. But he knew he would live. He had to because the cougars wanted him dead. The school shop was empty of voices. Only the constant machine hum of lathes that had been ignored, left running, filled the shop with sound. Yet somehow the room was silent. The boy behind Rusty took a short half-step closer, shoved his shoulder hard. Rusty was thrown off balance, and the chisel bit too deep into the chair leg between the lathe points. The design was ruined. The chisel snapped away, and Rusty spun, anger flaming his face. He stared hard at the other boy, changed his grip on the wood chisel. Now he held it underhand, knife-style. The other boy didn't move. "'Was the matter, Spick? You don't want to talk to your old buddy Candle no more?' His thick square face drew up in a wild grimace. Rusty Santoro's face tightened. His thin line of mouth jerked with the effort to keep words from spewing out. He had known the cougars would try to get to him today, but he hadn't figured on it during school hours. Over him, somehow, tense as he was, knowing a stand was here and he couldn't run without being chick-chick, Rusty felt the brick-and-steel bulk of Pulaski High School. You just can't run away from them, he thought. The boy, Candle, had come into the basement woodshop a minute before. He had told the shop teacher, Mr. Pancoast, that he was wanted in the principal's office. Mr. Pancoast had left the shop untended. Oh, Cammie Josephs was monitor, but hell, that didn't cut any ice with anyone. And Candle had moved in fast. First the little nudge, then the shove that could not be ignored. The dirty names. Now they were face to face, Rusty with a sharp wood chisel and Candle with a blade. Someplace, somewhere... It wasn't in sight, but Candle had a switch on him. That boy wouldn't leave home without being healed. Rusty looked across into Candle's eyes. His own gray ones were level and wide. You call me Spick, craphead? Candle's square jaw moved idly as though he were chewing gum, when he was not chewing gum. Ain't that what you are, man? Ain't you a puerto? You look like a Spick. Rusty didn't wait for the sentence to linger in the air. He lunged quickly, slashing upward with the chisel. The weapon zipped close to Candle, and the boy sucked in his belly, leaped backward. 
Then the switchblade was in his square, short-fingered hand. The blade was there, and it filled the room for Rusty. It was all live and lightning, everything that was, and the end to everything else.